Thank you for leading us in worship. Appreciate that. While they finish collecting, let me give you two quick commercials, okay? Can you handle a commercial? Be short. Here we go, Alan. Uh, commercial number one, if you've been in the stands here at Walloon for a while, and now it's time for you to come out of the stands and get in the game, next Saturday is your time to join so you can fully join us and get in the game. So again, if you've been thinking about that and the Lord's been uh, knocking at your heart's door, please take this opportunity next Saturday, 9 o'clock, and get your name on that sheet in the back. This is your last uh, opportunity to do that. Uh, second commercial is, uh, again, uh, what Bob talked about with the uh, exploring the journey into love, the... Uh, the marriage seminar we have coming up for couples. And again, that's for all of you, high school on up. We'd love to have you. Um, again, today is the last day for discount tickets. And let me also say, uh, a few folks have said, I'd love to come, we just can't afford it right now. We'll make it affordable somehow, some way. So see Bob or I, we'll, uh, we'll see to it that you can come if that's a problem. So we'd like everybody to be able to make it. So don't let that be a reason why you don't come. Announcements are over. I like that. That good? Almost every day, in some way, we hear from someone who says something like this. To live a healthy life, you got to do two things. And I bet some of you could say it with me, couldn't you, right now? What are the two things that... Doctors and health professionals say over and over and over again. And it's almost like we almost stop listening. We hear it so much. But they say, if you want to live a healthy life, uh, you need to learn to eat healthy. Rosie, you know, come on. Cut back on the chips and the ice cream and the onion rings. And Jeff, you need to really uh, say no to the double whoppers and all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, Quit feasting so much on junk food and learn to eat healthy and wise. That's the first thing, right, Tony? You hear it over and over. And, and there's one more thing. They say this constantly, and you got to get moving, don't you? If you want to have a healthy life, you're going to have to start exercising regularly, whether it's treadmill or Zumba or walking the, the uh, track. Yeah, Peter, you're a Zumba guy, aren't you? I was pretty sure of that, yeah. Walking the track at the college, racquetball, curves, whatever, whatever it is, whatever you, but somehow, some way, if we're going to be healthy, we need to get moving, need to get moving. What's interesting is in the passage that we're going to look at today, um, God's word says the same thing is true for followers of Jesus. If spiritually we're going to be healthy and uh, we're going to have a healthy heart, soul, and mind, then we're going to have to watch very carefully what we eat, spiritually speaking. Make certain that we're not feasting on junk food all the time. And I'm even talking junk food in the name of Jesus. Junk food delivered by people who claim to be teachers and preachers of God's Word, um, but we better make sure we're paying careful attention what we're putting into our souls and our minds and our hearts. Make sure it's proper spiritual nutrition. And secondly, we need to get busy and sweat and strain and strive and sculpt our Jesus muscles. How do you like that? 
Want to hold up your Jesus muscles? Yeah, right. If you want to get strong spiritually, you're going to have to get busy and exercise as well in order to grow and mature and get godly. Turn with me in your Bibles to the fourth chapter of 1 Timothy, if you would please. Young, shy, sickly, easily discouraged young pastor in Ephesus has been sent by Paul to straighten things out. The church in Ephesus was a mess. And now we looked last week, first five verses, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says those teachers in Ephesus, apparently some of the leadership in the church at Ephesus, thought they were helping God out by adding to God's word. I like God's word, but I think the Lord could use my help with my brilliance and I'm going to add some extra stuff to it. And they were adding rules and regulations and guidelines and fences to God's Word. And we said last week, when you add to God's Word, there's, there's a term for that. And what's it called when you start adding to God's Word? What is it? It's legalism. And it's been rampant in the church ever since the beginning, obviously since the church at Ephesus. Almost every New Testament book has some challenge, instruction regarding legalism, adding stuff to God's word. Specifically, I want you to look at verse 3 because we talked about this last week. They were saying, no, you can't get married if you're a gold-plated extra spiritual person and you have to abstain from this list of our approved foods. You can't eat this and this and this, and I suspect, and then you're supposed to go heavy on this and this and this. And they were saying you shouldn't get married and you got to follow our list of approved foods. Paul says that's spiritual junk teaching. And church at Ephesus, that's slowly poisoning you. They're, they're feeding you poison. This legalism that they're, they're feeding you is wrong and harmful to your spiritual health. Um, and now he's going to continue with the proper nutrition that we should be eating and feasting on in verses 6 and 7. And then in verses 8 through 10, he's going to talk about exercise, how we need to get moving, okay, as followers of Jesus Christ. So let's stand together. Let's read about proper nutrition as a follower of Christ and proper ex exercise for the church of Jesus Christ. Verse 6, we'll read down through verse 10. It's on the back of your bulletin. We'll put it up here on the wall. Always the best place to have it is where? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Here we go. Let's read. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we've put our hope in the living God, who's the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Let's pray. 
Lord, uh, we're, we're just asking that you'll guide us and lead us today as we talk about what we should be feeding on as followers of your son, Jesus. Lord, uh, we're thankful that you care so much for us, that uh, you give us very clear instruction about how we should be living what we call the Christian life. So, Lord, help us to understand exactly what Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus. And, Lord, I'm praying that you'll help us to make that jump from the church at Ephesus to the church here at Walloon. Lord, uh, if there's anything that we've been feasting on that's junk food spiritually, that's poisoning us, would you make us very, very sensitive to anything that we've been putting into our minds and hearts and our souls that shouldn't be there? And Lord, I'm, I'm asking that you'll show us why we should exercise spiritually. Lord, just that word sends some of us running the other direction. But, but I'm praying, Lord, that you'll, you'll show us why we need to get moving and sweat and sculpt our Jesus muscles. And, Lord, make that clear today as we study your book. We invite your spirit to come and rule and reign in this place. We're asking, Lord, that uh, the powerful combination of the third person of the Trinity and your word will have impact on our lives. And we pray all of these things in the awesome name of your son, Jesus. And all the church gathered at Walloon said with a healthy... Let's give you another run. Shut your eyes for a minute, okay? Because you, you did really bad at that, and I think I didn't help, okay? Here we go. And all the church gathered at Walloon said with a healthy... Oh, man, that was good. Aren't you glad you did another run at that? Verse 6. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, Tim, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of faith and of the good teaching that you followed. Good teachers, look at verse 6, healthy, good ministers, first of all, point out error and spiritual junk food. That, that's the job of a good teacher is to point out where there's error. If you point these things out, Tim, you're being a good teacher. Make sure people know when they're being poisoned with what somebody's teaching them. And, go back to verse 6, look at it, he's not done. And they nourish the church on the good teaching that's been given, Timothy. Follow the Apostle Paul's lead. You've been taught well. Now keep teaching the apostles' teaching. Today, the apostles' teaching is the Bible. Today, the apostles' teaching is Scripture. It's God's Word. So he's saying here, verse 6, look at it. Tim, stick with the apostles' teaching. That's your challenge. That's your charge as a good minister, a healthy teacher. Make sure the teaching and preaching you consume is squarely rooted and grounded in the Bible. That's what he's saying, verse 6. Keep pointing out the spiritual junk and the poison and hang in there with God's Word. Verse 7. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. 
Tim, that, that apparently that, that's popular there in Ephesus. Go back to chapter 1 and verse 4. Look at, look at 1-4. We've already seen that. They were devoting themselves to myths and genealogies and crazy, wild speculations. The point here is their teaching and their preaching was focused on stuff that was extra-biblical. It wasn't in God's Word. They were all about stuff that was outside of Genesis to Revelation. Um, they were all about, let, let's get into this really interesting stuff. I know it's not in the Bible, but boy, is this fun to learn this stuff. They were feeding the church at Ephesus, verse 3, legalism, garbage, junk food, and they were feeding the church at Ephesus, verse 7, preaching and teaching that was focused and founded outside of God's Word. They, they had extra. They thought they had extra stuff that was more important than Genesis to Revelation. So let me say what I think Paul is saying here, verses 6 and 7. If you're in church, if you're in a class, if you're watching church TV, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're reading a blog and they're saying things that isn't founded and focused on God's Word, listen closely, good chance that what they're spewing is garbage and junk food and poison. If what's being taught is not straight from God's Word, then you're just hearing somebody's opinion. You're just listening to somebody's ideas. And I'm telling you, our world today is filled with all sorts of goofy stuff that's junk, that's poisonous to us. Spiritual food that can be trusted to be healthy is food that's been picked straight from the garden of the Bible. Does that make sense to you? That's the only food that can be trusted. That's what we need to feast on. Why? Because it's all Scripture that's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. I've said this before. Let me say it again. The first Sunday that I get up here and we don't open up God's Word and our focus and our attention isn't on the Word of God, please let that be my last Sunday, okay? You can hold me to that. If, if, if I get up here and we want to talk about stuff, ooh, that's wonderful and exciting, but it's not from God's Word and we're not reading God's Word, that should be my last Sunday. But now let me go a step further. Because you all aren't just feasting on God's Word just here at church or by yourself with your Bible. A whole lot of us, we're feasting on spiritual stuff all over the place, aren't we? And if the teacher on TV isn't in the Bible, are you ready? Turn it off. Got it? If they're not focused on God's Word, then turn it off, because that's just opinion, that's just idea, that's junk. 
If the preacher on the radio isn't focused on God's word, I'm not listening to that stuff anymore. If what you're reading, if the podcast, if the blog isn't filled with the milk and the meat of Scripture, I'm not feeding on that anymore. I'm not going there anymore. Are you ready? The FDA and the USDA has issued guidelines for eating safe spiritual food. Here's what you need to ask. Is what they're saying clearly in the book? Can you look down and does it make sense? Is it clear? Are they adding stuff to the Bible? Or are they focused on extra-biblical stuff? When that happens, that's poisonous. That's junk. That will ruin your spiritual health. Be discerning. Because <laughs> we live in an age where there's lots of information out there, right? People, oh, they say all sorts of things. And if it's not focused clearly on God's Word, uh-uh, I'm not letting that in my mind. I'm not allowing that to affect my heart, my soul, my will. Not going there. First key to spiritual health. Watch what you eat. Too many of us, oh, well, it's church. Well, he says he's it's pastor, and it's really pretty interesting. It must be okay. No. No, probably some of the most interesting stuff is the most poisonous. Satan appears as an angel of what? Light. He's deceitful. Make sure you're not feeding yourself spiritually dangerous stuff. Now, he moves on to the second key to spiritual health. Verse 8, here we go. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Spiritual, physical exercise has some value. And that's good. Paul says it's a good thing to take care of your body. God has blessed you with one temple where his spirit lives, and we are called to take care of it. There's value into taking care of your physical body. But now go back to verse 8. Don't miss the point there. But godliness, becoming more like Jesus day by day, is way more important than taking care of your body. Becoming more and more every day, more and more like Jesus, that's way more important than walking on the treadmill, than doing your Zumba Peter, then walking in the college. That, that's good, but being focused on becoming more godly and more Christ-like is way more important. Why? Because it's limited. Physical training and exercise is limited in short term because even Arnold is getting smaller and shrinking and getting old. Have you noticed? He's not the man he used to be. And, and, and even the, the pitcher who makes $145 million uh, for his new contract, Mr. Granke, even he, great shape, gets knocked down and breaks collarbones, right? And he's in great shape. And even the great Kobe, um, as great as he is, rips his Achilles. Again, do you understand? It's good to be in good shape. It's good to take care of your body. But training for godliness, look at verse 8. 
is way better. Godliness has unlimited benefits, is what it really says. Unlimited benefits because it affects today and it affects tomorrow. Think with me now. If you become more and more Christ-like, if that's your focus, getting more and more like Jesus, it's going to affect your today. And man, it's going to affect your tomorrow for all of eternity. New heaven and new earth. Spiritual training that helps us grow in godliness will make us better husbands. Can I hear an amen, guys? Better wives, uh, ladies. Makes us better mothers and fathers. Makes us better neighbors and friends. Makes us better employees and bosses. Makes us better members of the body of the church of Jesus Christ. Verse 9. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this, we labor and strive. Most people think that's tied to verse 10. I think it's tied more to what he's just said because he even pulls in the laboring and the striving. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What's the saying? Godliness is really important. It's like the major thing in life. And oh, by the way, godliness doesn't just happen. Wouldn't it be great, George, if you just went to sleep and the next morning you woke up and, man, George is godly today. You know, early, I don't know what happened in the night, but he's godly. It's usually just the opposite. We wake up and we're grumpy, right? And, and he's mean and ornery today. So you don't go to bed and wake up godly. It, it, it's, it's effort. The saying that deserves full acceptance is, you know what? It's going to take some effort. It's going to be hard. Matter of fact, look at verse 10, what he says. You're going to have to labor and strive to get godly and like Jesus. Godliness has value for all things, but it doesn't come easy. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to get on the spiritual treadmill. You're going to have to labor and strive to get godly. And oh, by the way, to grow and mature and become like Jesus will cost you something. It will cost you time and energy. And other things will have to be put under this because this is the priority. To train our spiritual muscles means we have to make time and create the time to get into the book and to get discipled. And some of you here this morning, honestly, I'm talking about getting on the treadmill and making time, and you're thinking, I don't think I would even know what to do if I made the time. I, I'm not sure I would know how, how to get into the Bible. I don't, I don't know how to feed myself. I, I really don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do that stuff. Okay, Peter, this is good news. Did you know we have spiritual Zumba here at Walloon? Did you? Or if you don't like Zumba, then we have spiritual power lifting, okay? And it's called starting point. Isn't that cool? And if you don't know how to do it, guess what? We have a class that will train and help you get to the point where you can start learning how to get on the treadmill and get healthy in your spiritual life. Myron is just finishing one up, and we're about to start a new one. So here's the deal. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, and I don't think I know how to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, would you see Myron or see Pastor Bob or see me today? 
And we'll get you signed up because we want to help you learn how to exercise and labor and strive in God's Word. I'm convinced, you ready? The major reason, the primary reason people fall into sin is because they're not exercising and straining and laboring and striving to grow and becoming Christ-like. That's the primary reason. And here's how I know that that's true. Usually when someone falls and crashes and burns, eventually they're going to come and see Bob or I. And I've just kind of made it a practice. Someone went over the guardrail and now they've crashed and burned and things are awful in their life. I'll usually ask this question, and here's my question. Um, How's your spiritual life been recently? How regularly have you been on feasting in God's Word? How's your prayer life? Listen close. And I've never had someone who went over the guardrail, whose life has crashed and burned, who've said, well, I'm I'm really strong with Jesus. I've been walking close with Christ, and I've been daily in the book, and man, I've been on my knees. I've never had somebody answer that way whose life has crashed and burned. Here's my point. There's a massive correlation between striving and laboring and digging and exercising to grow, to be Christ-like and godly, and keeping your life from going over the guardrail and crashing and burning. Do you understand? If for no other reason, you want to get on the treadmill, because I'm just telling you, when you go over the guardrail and your life crashes and burns, and that can happen in a number of ways, hundreds of ways, it's bad, it's sad, it's ugly. Never had anybody when I've asked them that. Never. Oh, yeah, I'm really close to Christ and I've been digging it. And, and then have that. It doesn't. I'm telling you, this, this is huge to keep you safe, to keep your marriage safe. I want to close by asking you to turn with me to the book of Philippians, would you? I, I want to show you something from, uh, from what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 3. If you don't have your Bible, um, look on with somebody next door, next to you, would you? Find verse 12, Philippians 3. Look what Paul says. He says, not that I've already obtained all this, or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on, Paul says, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now think about that. Even the Apostle Paul realized he hadn't arrived spiritually. Give me your attention. The Apostle Paul knew that he was still in process. He was still learning and growing. And did you catch what he describes as what he's all about to become more godly and more Christ-like? What's he doing? Look at verses 12, 13, and 14. What does he say? I'm straining, I'm, I'm pressing, I'm sweating, I'm pushing with my all. Just want you to know, 
Growing and maturing is not passive. It's not casual. It doesn't happen while you're sleeping. Are you ready? And it doesn't happen if you just show up every Sunday either. It has to become a daily thing. And it has to become the priority of life. It's going to take work and effort and sweat to grow up and get godly and become more like Jesus. Verse 15, he's not done yet. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Isn't that good? If you're mature today, if you are mature in Christ, then the all is you. All of us who are mature should say, you know what, I got to keep straining. I got to keep pressing. No coasting, no casual passive Christianity for me. Why? Because this is, this is what life is about as a follower of Christ. I'm going to strain and I'm going to press. And if that was true for the Apostle Paul, how much more do you and I have to press and strain and sweat and go, this is Paul. And he said, this is what I'm all about. We need to commit to a proper diet of God's Word. We need to dig and walk with Jesus. And by God's grace, Jesus is going to become my very best friend. Now that's a goal. <laughs> now that's going to take some pressing. So as we uh, close this morning, I want to press three things. First, will you get real fussy? Will you get real finicky about the stuff that you allow into your mind and into your heart? that's called teaching and preaching. Far too many of us aren't very discerning about what we allow into our lives. And I'm telling you, a whole lot that's out there today is junk food, and it's poisoning us. And I know many of you, you're very finicky about what you eat. Be even more finicky about what you eat spiritually. Be even more finicky. Second, will you commit today to be mature and learn to labor and strive? Will you, will you say, you know what? That is maturity. And if Paul was in process, then I know I'm in process. And if Paul knew he hadn't arrived, then I know I haven't arrived. And I'm going to have to daily strain and press to keep growing in godliness. That's true for every one of us. And finally, number three, if you're here today and honestly you're clueless on how to make that happen, would you see Myron or Pastor Bob or me today? Because we want to help you get going in this area. We don't want you going over the guardrail. If you don't have it, then you're, you're very prone to go over the guardrail if you're not pressing and straining. We don't want you to go over the guardrail. We want you to live strong for Jesus. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, we thank you that you care about us so much that you care about our spiritual health. And you not only care, but you gave us clear instruction for staying healthy. And I want to pray for those who are here today and perhaps have been deceived 
because they've been feasting on junk food, on, on poison from teachers who aren't teaching from your book. They're either adding stuff, fences and rules and regulations, or, or they're focused on extra-biblical stuff, and they're not keeping their nose in the book. So, Lord, would you make us sensitive and alert and finicky when it comes to what we feast on spiritually? And, Lord, I had asked that you'd help us to be willing to strain and press and labor and strive. And that's a sign of maturity when we're willing to do that. So, Lord, um, I, I pray that those that are mature here would continue on that path, continue to bless them, help them to find time and create time for that to happen. And, Lord, for those who are coasting and know better, I pray that you'd make them wholly dissatisfied with what's going on in their life. Give them the courage, the energy, the drive to daily walk with you. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for those who are here today who truly don't know how to make that happen for themselves. They, they'd like to, to know how to do that, but they just don't know how. They've never been discipled. They don't know how to open up God's word and feed themselves. So, Lord, I pray that even today they'd humbly admit their need. And I pray that they would seek out those here today who can get them connected to a place where they can start growing and getting godly and more like your son, Jesus. And now, Lord, as the ushers come forward to receive the benevolent offering, Lord, I'm asking that you might use these gifts we're about to uh, give right now to encourage and build up those in need. Lord, we have some who uh, have great need, and I pray, Lord, as the body of Christ comes alongside them, that they might be encouraged and loved on and realize that you love them as well, despite the hard times that they're facing. It's in the amazing name of your son, Jesus, we pray.